Chapter 4 of The Deluge, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Simona Russo. The Deluge, Volume 2, by Henrik Sienkiewicz. Translated by Jeremiah Curtin. Chapter 4. What had happened to Pan Andrei, and in what way had he been able to carry out his plan? After leaving the fortress, he advanced some time with a sure and wary step. At the very end of the slope, he halted and listened. It was silent around, so silent, in fact, that his steps were heard clearly on the snow. In proportion, as he receded from the walls, he stepped more carefully. He halted again, and again listened. He was somewhat afraid of slipping and falling, and thus dampening his precious roll. He drew out his rapier, therefore, and leaned on it that helped him greatly thus feeling his way after the course of half an hour he heard the slight sound directly in front ah they are watching the sortie had stopped the moriness thought he and he went farther now very slowly he was glad that he had not gone astray for the darkness was such that he could not see the end of the rapier those trenches are considerably farther i am advancing well then whispered he to himself he hoped also not to find men before the entrenchment, for, properly speaking, they had nothing to do there, especially at night. It might be that at something like a hundred or fewer yards apart, single sentries were stationed, but he hoped to pass them in such darkness. It was joyous in his soul. Kmita was not only daring, but audacious. The thought of bursting the gigantic gun delighted him to the bottom of his soul, not only as heroism, not only as an immortal service to the besieged, but as a terrible damage to the Swedes. He imagined how Miller would be astounded, how he would gnash his teeth, how he would gaze in helplessness on those walls, and, at moments, pure laughter seized him. And as he had himself said, he felt no emotion, no fear, no unquiet. It did not even enter his head to what an awful danger he was exposing himself. He went on, as a schoolboy goes to an orchard, to make havoc among apples. He recalled other times when he harried Hovansky, stole up at night to a camp of thirty thousand with two hundred such fighters as himself. His comrades stood before his mind. Kogoshinsky, the gigantic Kulvietsk, Hyposantorus, the spotted Ranitsky, of senatorial stock, and others. Then for a moment he sighed after them. If they were here now, thought he, we might blow up six guns. Then the feeling of loneliness oppressed him somewhat, but only for a short while. Soon memory brought before his eyes Olenka. Love spoke in him with immeasurable power. He was moved to tenderness. If she could see him, the heart would rejoice in her this time. Perhaps she thinks yet that he is serving the Swedes. He is serving them nicely, and soon he will oblige them. What will happen when she learns of all these perils? What will she think? She will think, surely. He is a whirlwind. But when it comes to a deed which no other can do, he will do it. Where another dares not go, he will go. Such a man is that Knita. Another such deed I shall never accomplish, said Pan Andrei, and boastfulness seized him completely. Still, in spite of these thoughts, he did not forget where he was, whither he was going what he intended to do, and he began to advance like a wolf on a night pasture. 
he looked behind once and a second time no church no cloister all was covered with thick impenetrable gloom he noted however by the time that he must have advanced far already and that the trench might be right there i am curious to know if there are sentries thought he but he had not advanced two steps after giving himself this question when in front of him was heard the tramp of measured steps and a number of voices inquired at various distances who goes pan andrei stood as if fixed to the earth he felt hot ours answered a number of voices the watchword upsala the countersign the crown kmita saw this moment that there was a change of sentries i'll give you upsala and the crown and he rejoiced this was really for him a very favourable circumstance for he might pass the line of guards at the moment of changing sentries when the tramp of the soldiers drowned his own steps in fact he did so without the least difficulty and went after the returning soldiers rather boldly up to the trench itself there they made a turn to go round it but he pushed quickly into the ditch and hid in it meanwhile objects had become somewhat more visible pan andrei thanked heaven for in the previous darkness he could not by feeling have found the gun sought for now by throwing back his head and straining his vision he saw above him a black line indicating the edge of the trench and also the black outlines of the baskets between which stood the guns he could indeed see their jaws thrust out a little above the trench advancing slowly in the ditch he discovered the great gun at last he halted and began to listen from the entrenchment a noise came a murmur evidently the infantry were near the guns in readiness but the height of the entrenchment concealed kmita they might hear him they could not see him now he had only to rise from below to the mouth of the gun which was high above his head fortunately the sides of the ditch were not too steep and besides the embankment freshly made were moist with water had not frozen since for some time there had been a thaw taking note of all this kmita began to sink holes quietly in the slope of the entrenchment and to climb slowly to the gun after fifteen minutes work he was able to seize the opening of the covering soon he was hanging in the air but his uncommon strength permitted him to hold himself thus till he pushed the roll into the jaws of the cannon his dog sausage for thee muttered he only don't choke with it then he slipped down and began to look for the string which fastened to the inner side of the roll was hanging to the ditch after a while he felt it with his hand but then came the greatest difficulty for he had to strike fire and ignite the string kmita waited for a moment thinking that the noise would increase somewhat among the soldiers in the breastworks at last he began to strike the flint lightly with the steel but that moment above his head was heard in german the question who is there in the ditch it is i hans answered kmita without hesitation the devils have taken my ramrod into the ditch and i am striking fire to find it all right all right said the gunner it is your luck there is no firing for the wind would have taken your head off ah thought kmita the gun besides my charge is still its own so much the better at that moment the sulphur string caught and delicate little sparks began to run upward along its dry exterior it was time to disappear kmita hurried along the ditch with all the strength in his legs not losing an instant not thinking over much of the noise he was making 
but when he had run twenty yards curiosity overcame in him the feeling of his terrible danger the string has gone out there is moisture in the air thought he and he stopped casting a look behind he saw a little spark yet but much higher than he had left it uh, am i not too near thought he and fear hurried him forward he pushed on at full speed all at once he struck a stone and fell at that moment a terrible roar rent the air the earth trembled pieces of wood iron stones lumps of ice and earth whistled about his ears and here his sensations ended after that were heard new explosions in turn these were powder boxes standing near the cannon which exploded from the shock but kmita did not hear these he lay as if dead in the ditch he did not hear also how after a time of deep silence the groans of men were heard cries and shouts for help how nearly half the army swedish and allied assembled the confusion and uproar lasted long till from the chaos of testimony the swedish general reached the fact that the siege gun had been blown up of purpose by someone search was ordered immediately in the morning the searching soldiers found kmita lying in the ditch it appeared that he was merely stunned from the explosion he had lost to begin with control of his hands and feet his powerlessness lasted the whole ensuing day they nursed him with the utmost care in the evening he had recovered his power almost completely he was brought then by command before miller who occupied the middle place at the table in his quarters around him sat the prince of hesse count veyart sadowski all the noted officers of the swedes of the poles zbrozek kalinski and kuklinovski the last at sight of mita became blue his eyes burned like two coals and his moustaches began to quiver without awaiting the question of the general he said i know this bird he is from the chenstochova garrison his name is babinich kmita was silent pallor and weariness were evident on his face but his glance was bold and his countenance calm did you blow up the siege gun asked miller i did how did you do it kmita stated all briefly concealing nothing the officers looked at one another in amazement a hero whispered the prince of hesse to sadovsky but sadovsky inclined to count veyard count veyard asked he how are we to take a fortress with such defenders what do you think will they surrender there are more of us in the fortress ready for such deeds said kmita you know not the day nor the hour i too have more than on halter in the camp said miller we know that but you will not take Yasnagora while there is one man alive there a moment of silence followed then miller inquired is your name babinich pan andrei thought that after what he had done and in presence of death the time had come in which he had no need to conceal his name let people forget the faults and transgressions bound up with it let glory and devotion shine over them my name is not babinich said he with a certain pride my name is andrei kmita i was colonel of my own personal squadron in the lithuanian contingent hardly had kuklinovsky heard this when he sprang up as if possessed stuck out his eyes opened his mouth and began to strike his sides with his hands at last he cried general i beg for a word without delay without delay a murmur rose at the same time among the polish officers which the swedes heard with wonder since for them the name kmita meant nothing they noted at once that this must be no common soldier 
for Zbrojek rose and approaching the prisoner said worthy colonel in the straits in which you are i cannot help you but give me your hand i pray kmita raised his head and began to snort i will not give a hand to traitors who serve against their country Zbrojek's face flushed kalinsky who stood right behind him withdrew the swedish officer surrounded them at once asking what man this kmita was whose name had made such an impression during this time kuklinovsky had squeezed miller up to the window and said for your worthiness the name kmita is nothing but he is the first soldier the first colonel in the whole commonwealth all know of him all know that name once he served radivill and the swedes now it is clear that it had gone over to jan kazimir there is not his equal among soldiers save me he was the only man who could go alone and blow up that gun from this one deed you may know him he fought hovanski so that our reward was put on his head he with two or three hundred men kept up the whole war after the defeat of shklov until others were found who imitating him began to tear the enemy he is the most dangerous man in all the country why do you sing his praises to me inquired miller that he is dangerous i know to my own irreparable loss what does your worthiness think of doing with him i should give orders to hang him but being a soldier myself i know how to value daring and bravery besides he is a noble of high birth i will order him shot and that to-day your worthiness it is not for me to instruct the most celebrated soldier and statesman of modern times but i permit myself to say that that man is too famous if you shoot him zbrojek's squadron and kalinsky's will withdraw at the latest this very day and go over to jan kazimir if that is true i'll have them cut to pieces before they go cried miller your worthiness a terrible responsibility for if that becomes known and the cutting down of two squadrons is hard to hide the whole polish army will leave karl gustav at present their loyalty is tottering as you know the hetmans are not reliable pan konietspolski with six thousand of the best cavalry is at the side of our king that force is no trifle god defend us if these two should turn against us against the person of his royal grace besides this fortress defends itself and to cut down the squadrons of sprojek and kalinsky is no easy matter for wolf is here too with his infantry they might come to an agreement with the garrison of the fortress a hundred horned devils cried miller what do you want kuklinovsky do you want me to give kmita his life that cannot be i want answered kuklinovsky you to give him to me what will you do with him ah uh, i will tear him alive from his skin you did not know even his real name you do not know him what have you against him i made his acquaintance first in the fortress where i have been twice as an envoy to the monks have you reasons for vengeance your worthiness i wished privately to bring him to our camp he taking advantage of the fact that i laid aside my office of envoy insulted me kuklinovsky as no man in life has insulted me what did he do to you kuklinovsky trembled and gnashed his teeth better not speak of it only give him to me he is doomed to death anyhow and i would like before his end to have a little amusement with him all the more because he is the kmita whom formerly i venerated and who repaid me in such fashion give him to me it will be better for you if i rub him out zbrojek and kalinsky and with them all the polish knighthood 
will fall not upon you but upon me and i'll help myself there will not be anger rifuses and mutiny it will be my private matter about kmita's skin of which i shall have a drum made milofer to thinking a sudden suspicion flashed over his face kuklinovsky said he maybe you wish to save him kuklinovsky smiled quietly but that smile was so terrible and sincere that miller ceased to doubt perhaps you give sound advice said he for all my services i beg this reward only take him then now both returned to the room where the rest of the officers were assembled miller turned to them and said in view of the services of pan kuklinovsky i place at his absolute disposal this prisoner a moment of silence followed then pan Sprozek put his hand on his sides and asked with a certain accent of contempt and what does pan kuklinovsky think to do with the prisoner kuklinovsky bent straightened himself quickly his lips opened with an ill-omened smile and his eyes began to quiver whoso is not pleased with what i do to the prisoner knows where to find me and he shook his sabre your promise pan kuklinovsky said Sprozek. promise promise when he had said this he approached kmita follow me little worm come after me famous soldier thou art a trifle weak thou needst swathing i'll swathe thee ruffian said kmita very good very good daring soul meanwhile step along the officers remained in the room kuklinovsky mounted his horse before the quarters having with him three soldiers he commanded one of them to lead kmita by a lariat and all went together toward glota where kuklinovsky's regiment was quartered on the way kmita prayed ardently he saw the death was approaching and he committed himself with his whole soul to god he was so sunk in prayer and in his own doom that he did not hear what kuklinovsky said to him he did not know even how long the road was they stopped at last before an empty half-ruined barn standing in the open field at some distance from the quarters of kuklinovsky's regiment the colonel ordered them to lead kmita in and turning himself to one of the soldiers said hurry for me to the camp bring ropes and a tar bucket the soldier galloped with all the breath in his horse and in quarter of an hour returned at the same pace with a comrade they had brought the requisite articles strip this park naked ordered kuklinovsky tie his hands and feet behind him with a rope and then fasten him to a beam ruffian said kmita good good we can talk yet we have time meanwhile one of the soldiers climbed up on the beam and the others fell to dragging the clothes from kmita when he was naked three executioners placed pan andrei with his face to the ground bound his hands and feet with a long rope then passing it still around his waist they threw the other end to the soldier sitting on the beam now raise him and let the man on the beam pull the rope and tie it said kuklinovsky in a moment the order was obeyed let him go the rope squeaked pan andrei was hanging parallel with the earth a few ells about the threshing floor then kuklinovsky dipped toe in the burning tar bucket walked up to him and said well pan kmita did not i say that there are two colonels in the commonwealth only two i and thou and thou didst not wish to join company with kuklinovsky and kicked him well little worm thou art right not for these the company of kuklinovsky for kuklinovsky is better hey a famous colonel is pan kmita and kuklinovsky has him in his hand and kuklinovsky is roasting his hides ruffian 
repeated Kmita for the third time. This is how he will roast his hides, finished Kuklinovsky, and he touched Kmita's side with a burning toe. Then he said, not too much at first, we have time. Just then the tramp of horses was heard near the barn door. Whom are the devils bringing? asked Kuklinovsky. The door squeaked and the soldier entered. General Miller wishes to see your grace at once. Ah, that is thou, old man, asked Kuklinovsky. What business? What devil? The general asks your grace to come to him straight away. Who came from the general? There was a Swedish officer. He has ridden off already. He had almost driven the breath out of his horse. I'll go, said Kuklinovsky. Then he turned to Kmita. It was hot for thee. Cool off now, little worm. I'll come again soon. We'll have another talk. What shall be done with the prisoner? asked one of the soldiers. Leave him as he is. I shall return directly. Let one go with me. The colonel went out, and with him that soldier who had sat on the beam at first. There remained only three, but soon three new ones entered the barn. You may go to sleep, said he who had reported Miller's orders with Kuklinovsky. The colonel has left the guard to us. We prefer to remain, replied one of the first three soldiers, to see to wonder for such a... Suddenly he stopped. A certain unearthly sound was wrested from his throat like the call of a strangled cock. He threw out his arm and fell as if struck by lightning. At the same moment the cry of pound was heard through the barn, and two of the newly arrived rushed like leopards on the two remaining soldiers. A terrible short struggle surged up, lighted by the gleams of the burning tar bucket. After a moment two bodies fell in the straw for a moment longer were heard the gasps of the dying, then the voice rose, which at first seemed familiar to Kmita. Your Grace, it is I, Kiemlich, and my sons. We have been waiting since morning for a chance. We have been watching since morning. Then he turned to his sons. Now out, rogues, free the colonel in a breath, quickly. And before Kmita was able to understand what was taking place, there appeared near him the two bushy forelocks of Kosma and Damian, like two gigantic distaffs. The ropes were soon cut, and Kmita stood on his feet. He tottered at first, his stiffened lips were barely able to say, That is you? I am thankful. It is I, answered the terrible old man. Mother of God, oh, let his grace dress quickly. You rogues! And he began to give Kmita his clothes. The horses are standing at the door, said he. From here the way is open. There are guards. Maybe they would let no one in. But as to letting out, they will let out. We know the password. How does your grace feel? He burned my side, but only a little. My feet are weak. Drink some gorailka. Kmita seized with eagerness a flask the old man gave him, and emptying half of it said, I was stiff from the cold. I shall be better at once. Your grace will grow warm on the saddle. The horses are waiting. In a moment I shall be better, repeated Kmita. My side is smarting a little. That's nothing. I'm quite well. And he sat on the edge of a grain bin. After a while he recovered his strength really, and looked with perfect presence of mind on the ill-omened faces of the three kimleches, lighted by the yellowish flame of the burning pitch. The old man stood before him. Your grace, there is need of haste. The horses are waiting. But in Pan Andrei the Gmita of old times was roused altogether. Oh, impossible, cried he suddenly. Now I am waiting for that traitor. The kimleches looked amazed. 
but uttered not a word so accustomed were they from former times to listen blindly to this leader the veins came out on his forehead his eyes were burning in the dark like two stars such was the hate and the desire of vengeance that gleamed in them that which he did then was madness he might pay for it with his life but his life was made up of a series of such madnesses his side pained him fiercely so that every moment he seized it unwittingly with his hand but he was thinking only of kuklinovsky and he was ready to wait for him even till morning listen said he did miller really call him no answered the old man i invented that to manage the others here more easily it would have been hard for us three against five for someone might have raised a cry that was well he will return alone or in company if there are any people with him then strike at once on them leave him to me then to horse has any one pistols i have said cosma give them here are they loaded is there powder in the pan yes very well if he comes back alone when he enters spring on him and shut his mouth you can stuff his own cap into it according to command said the old man your grace permits us now to search these we are poor men he pointed to the corpses lying on the straw no be on the watch what you find on kuklinovsky will be yours if he returns alone said the old man i fear nothing i shall stand behind the door and even if someone from the quarters should come i shall say that the colonel gave orders not to admit that will do watch the tramp of a horse was heard behind the barn kmita sprang up and stood in the shadow of the wall cosma and damian took their places near the door like two cats waiting for a mouse he is alone said the old man alone repeated cosma and damian the tramp approached was right there and halted suddenly come out here someone hold the horse the old man jumped out quickly a moment of silence followed then to those waiting in the barn came the following conversation is that you kiemlich what the thunder art mad or an idiot it is night miller is asleep the guard will not give admission they say that no officer went away how is that the officer is waiting here in the barn for your grace he came right away after you rode off he says that he missed your grace what does all this mean but the prisoner is hanging the door squeaked and kuklinovsky pushed into the barn but before he had gone a step two iron hands caught him by the throat and smoothed his cry of terror cosma and damian with the adroitness of genuine murderers hurled him to the ground put their knees on his breast pressed him so that his ribs began to crack and gagged him in the twinkle of an eye kmita came forward and holding the pitch light to his eyes said ah this is pan kuklinovsky now i have something to say to you kuklinovsky's face was blue the veins were so swollen that it seemed they might burst any moment but in his eyes which were coming out of his head and bloodshot there was quite as much wonder as terror strip him and put him on the beam cried kmita cosma and damian fell to stripping him as zealously as if they wished to take the skin from him together with his clothing in a quarter of an hour kuklinovsky was hanging by his hands and feet like a half goose on the beam then kmita put his hands on his hips and began to brag terribly well pan kuklinovsky said he who is better kmita or kuklinovsky then he seized the burning toe and took a step nearer thy camp is distant one shot from a bow thy thousand ruffians are within call 
there is thy swedish general a little beyond and thou art hanging here from this same beam from which twas thy thought to roast me learn to know kmita thou hadst the thought to be equal to kmita to belong to his company to be compared with him thou cut purse thou low rough terror of old women thou offscoring of men lord scoundrel of scoundrelton wry mouth trash slave i might have thee cut up like a kid like a capon but i choose to roast thee alive as thou didst think to roast me saying this he raised the toe and applied it to the side of the hanging hapless man but he held it longer until the odour of the burnt flesh began to spread through the barn kuklinovsky writhed till the rope was swinging with him his eyes fastened on kmita expressed terrible pain and a dumb imploring for pity from his gagged lips came woeful groans but war had hardened the heart of pan andrei and there was no pity in him above all none for traitors removing at last the towel from kuklinovsky's side he put it for a while under his nose rubbed with it his moustaches his eyelashes and his brows then he said i give thee thy life to meditate on kmita thou wilt hang here till morning and now pray to god that people find thee before thou art frozen then he turned to cosma and damian to horse cried he and went out of the barn half an hour later around the four riders were quiet hills silent and empty fields the fresh breeze not filled with smoke of powder entered their lungs mita rode ahead the kemliches after him they spoke in low voices pan andrei was silent or rather he was repeating in silence the morning our father for it was not long before dawn from time to time a hiss or even a low groan was rent from his lips when his burnt side pained him greatly but at the same time he felt on horseback and free and the thought that he had blown up the greatest siege gun and besides that had torn himself from the hands of kuklinovsky and had wrought vengeance on him filled pan andrei with such consolation that in view of it the pain was nothing meanwhile a quiet dialogue between the father and the sons turned into a loud dispute the money belt is good said the greedy old man but where are the rings he had rings on his fingers in one was a stone worth twenty ducats i forgot to take it answered cosma i wish you were killed let the old man think of everything and these rascals haven't wit for a copper you forgot the rings you thieves you lie like dogs then turn back father and look muttered damien you lie you thieves you hide things you wrong your old father such sons i wish that i had not begotten you you will die without a blessing kmita reined in his horse somewhat come this way called he the dispute ceased the kemliches hurried up and they rode farther four abreast and do you know the road to the silesian boundary asked pan andrei oh mother of god we know we know answered the old man there are no swedish parties on the road no for all are at chenstochova unless we might meet a single man but god give us one a moment of silence followed then you served with kuklinovsky asked kmita we did for we thought that being near we might serve the holy monks and your grace and so it has happened we did not serve against the fortress god save us from that we took no pay unless we found something on swedes how on swedes for we wanted to serve the most holy lady even outside the walls 
Therefore we rode around the camp at night or in daytime as the Lord gave us. And when any of the Swedes happened alone, then we, that is, all refuge of sinners, we pounded him, finished Cosma and Damian. Kmita laughed. Kuklinovsky had good servants in you, but did he know about this? He received a share, an income. He knew, and the scoundrel commanded us to give a thought or a head. Otherwise he threatened to betray us. Such a robber. He wronged poor men, and we have kept faith with your grace, for not such is service with you. Your grace adds besides of your own. But he, a thaller ahead, for our toil, for our labor. On him may God. I will reward you abundantly for what you have done, said Kmita. I did not expect this of you. The distant sound of guns interrupted further words. Evidently the Swedes had begun to fire with the first dawn. After a while the roar increased. Kmita stopped his horse. It seemed to him that he distinguished the sound of the fortress cannon from the cannon of the Swedes. Therefore he clenched his fist, and threatening with it in the direction of the enemy's camp, said, Fire away, fire away, where is your greatest gun now? End of chapter 4